The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State athletics. This is Wildcat Insider with the voice of the Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson, and KMAN Sports Director, Mitch Fortner. Well, today has been eventful, K State Nation, because uh, K State women's basketball in the NCAA tournament and the K State men's basketball team, Gene Taylor, has made a new hire for the head coach of K-State men's basketball, and that is Jerome Tang. Welcome into Wildcat Insider. I'm Mitch Fortner with the voice of the Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson. Again, I'm going to apologize. The voice is a little hoarse. Still trying to get over that uh, cold. Uh, but um, Hit you hard, didn't it? It's been going on for a week. <laughs> it's been going on for a week now, but uh, it's getting better. Not as stuffy as I was, and hopefully the coughs won't be an issue here today. Wyatt, we've been uh, talking off air here for... Boy, roughly 20, 25 minutes, and honestly, we barely talked about uh, what is taking place today because we've been talking a lot of NCAA tournament, but Drum Tang, former Baylor associate head coach, is now the head coach of K-State men's basketball. I've said last week on a number of occasions, I like the guy. He's He was in my top three when I put together my list of top candidates, and now he's coming to K-State to be the, be the 25th head coach in K-State men's basketball history. I'm really excited for K-Staters. I'm also excited for Jerome. Had a chance to visit with him exceptionally briefly today, and I'm talking maybe a minute. <laughs> uh, but but he is very, very, very excited. Um, we'll have a press conference to introduce him on Thursday, all the details of that to be released uh, tomorrow. But I think K-State got a really good man. I, I think they you, – you mentioned you had a list of three, I think – for the most part, I think K-State probably looked at a, a lot more guys than that, but I think he was, I mean, let's be honest, Brad Underwood and, and Jerome Tang were, I, I think, the big focus right out of the gate, um, and, and I think he will do a really good job. He's been at Baylor for 19 years with Scott Drew. If you look at where they started and where they are today as a program, and he's a big part of that, I think you have to be impressed with not only the young people that they've attracted to their program, but the way they do it, they've they've changed their style over the course of several years. I mean, there are a lot of things to look at there, Mitch, that would get you excited. I'm, I'm also going to tell you, uh, I, I think I, I don't have any intel on the inside here, but I think he'll he'll hire a good staff. I think he's really pumped up to to get here and stay here and be here. Um, good day for Kansas State basketball. Yeah, that. Sort of leads me into some audio I want to play here. So K-State earlier today did tweet out some audio, and that was of Gene Taylor, and he had a a little uh, meeting earlier today with the players right before the announcement was made to the public. If you don't know anything about him, uh, you're going to like him. Uh, He comes with a lot of energy, a lot of passion. He's got a great plan for our program. He's got a great plan for how for us to continue to get better, but he just felt this was the right place for him, the right fit for him, right fit for his family, and that says a lot about this program, it says a lot about this department, it says a lot about you guys. But there were a lot of programs that came after him this year to be a Power 5 head coach, and he's, we're the only ones that he talked to. So K-State's job came open after the season ended, and then in the days coming, you had open uh, jobs open up in Missouri, LSU, a number of places, a number of places in the SEC, like Missouri. Um, I'm sorry, Mississippi State was one of those as well. And I thought it was very interesting that Gene mentioned there Jerome Tang, who has got to be one of the most sought after assistants out there in college basketball. 
especially with the resume he has with so much success at Baylor, winning a national championship. He shows that uh, he sticks around for a long time, and yet he only gave the time of day to K-State. I thought that was very interesting. I would even go even farther back in his career than that. I don't think it's accurate saying that this is the first time at the end of a season that he has been on people's list. For whatever reason, up to this point in time, he's pretty much turned everybody away. Now, I think he had a great deal of interest in Kansas State, and I think there are lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of reasons why. But one is the familiarity that he has with the program, with its history and heritage, and with the league. I mean, I don't know if you could go out and hire anybody that already knows more about Big 12 Conference basketball than Jerome Tang. I'm excited about that. I I think everybody will be and should be. I think he's a guy that is known as a recruiter. Uh, I I think it's obvious that that's something that K-State was focused in on uh, in the search, wanting to wanting to be really maybe take a step forward there, right? Or maybe one or two steps forward, however you want to say that. And, you know, I think this is a guy too, though, that has kind of been, as I understand it at least, the way it's been described to me uh, by people at Kansas State and by people, people at Baylor, that he's kind of been their defensive coordinator kind of guy. So I, I think he is a defensive guy first, but I think – I, I don't think I'm stretching this at all. I think you can look at the way Baylor plays and and say that offense is one you could be pretty excited about. They <laughs> you know, they they play a little free and easy. They play fast. They can they've got good talent. They can shoot it. So I, I think I think most people are excited about the potential at least of the brand of basketball that K-State could be playing next next winter. Yeah, absolutely. He's 55 year, years old, same age yep. Bruce Weber was when he was hired here. Now, you said you, you got a chance to speak with him for just a moment. Well, but... it was by happenstance. It wasn't – okay. It, the, I'll even explain to you. Kenny Lanou, our media relations director, does such a great job, was on the phone with him, and, I, and he just happened to mention that I was wa- walked by, and I talked to – I mean, again, it was less than a minute – but I just said, hey, really excited for you, excited, excited for us. And that's all there really was to it. I mean, it wasn't much more than that. Uh, just kind of a happenstance thing. But I, I guess I said that to, to, to just to augment to you, you had to hear his voice, to, to hear the excitement uh, in, in his voice about what has happened to him here over the last you know, several days and then you know, making this thing official at 1.30 this afternoon. Now – the other coach that was certainly the name was being thrown around quite a bit is it's either going to be Jerome Tang or this guy, yeah. Brad Underwood. Sure. Um, and um, I, I mentioned it last week, just what I knew about what had taken place and that uh, there, were, there were a couple of deals on the table and he turned them both down. Uh, one of them was like matching his offer, what he wanted, and then K-State came back with a lucrative deal. Came back with a contract that I would imagine that was not going to be turned down. And Brad Underwood did decide to turn it down. So I was surprised that that, did, that took place. Like Brad Underwood, who has said in the past that K-State's his dream job, he, he wants to come back and be the coach of K-State men's basketball, and now it's going to be Jerome Tang. Even though the ball was in Brad Underwood's court, he had the opportunity to do it. 
and decided not to. So even though I'm very happy about Jerome Tang being at K-State, I am surprised that Brad Underwood did turn down a deal twice. I'm sure probably that is the case of, of a lot of K-Staters because I think most of this uh, of us that either know Brad pretty well or have been somewhat of an acquaintance over the course of time knows how he feels about Kansas State University and what it means to him, right? I think he was really the focus from the beginning, at least initially, as the number one target. Because, I mean, the first time I was asked about it, you know, my reaction was, you got to make him tell you no, right? I mean, a lot of us felt like, boy, that's big contract, big buyout, success at Illinois, and won a, a really good program. Hard to pry him away, probably. And I think it kind of worked out that way. But you have to, you know, I think K State did a really good job of of like you said putting putting it in front of him and making him make a really hard choice and he made the choice that he felt like he was most comfortable with even though it's not Brad Underwood I still feel Jerome Tang is a home run hire for K-State and when we come back from a break I want to tell you why I feel it's a home run hire plus the contract details for Jerome Tang coming up next on Wildcat Insider Five three seven thirteen fifty. If you want to call the show, we're we're, uh, we're going to skip the game sports updates because we got a late start to the show. We want to get as much talk in about Jerome Tang and about K State Athletics as we possibly can. Mitch Fortner with Wyatt Thompson back with you on Wildcat Insider. So, uh, Jerome Tang announced earlier today at about a, a couple of minutes after one thirty, like one thirty three or something like that, is when the official announcement was made. Emails was sent out. Social media was going crazy that Jerome Tang would be the uh, the twenty fifth. K-State men's basketball coach in history. He'll be the first uh, black coach uh, to be the head coach of K-State men's basketball. And he follows uh, Dave Baker, of course, who broke the color barrier for for baseball. Uh, Also, Ron Prince of football. And then uh, Jordan Smith, who's currently the uh, women's tennis coach here at K-State. Well, again, I'm excited for Jerome. And as I mentioned a moment ago, he's really excited to come to K-State, I think, (laughs) <laughs> looking at some of the stuff you know on social media you, you can see the excitement that when he's talking about you know this job and and the opportunity that that it will present to him there's a lot of excitement there and i think he really has an appreciation in a big way for you know the fan base he's seen what this is i mean he's been there 19 years not just the last 3 right he he knows how hard it is to come here with the representative team and win games and so i think in part, that is why, going back to what we talked about before, he waited a long time. And I think everybody feels like he's been ready for a while. Why now? I think it's, it's, this is kind of what he wanted. Exactly right. So here's the contract details for Jerome Tang. It's a six-year contract with K-State Athletics. And uh, he'll be paid $2.1 million his first season, and he'll get a raise of $100,000 every following year. So it keeps going up $100,000 up until his contract does expire. Now, if he were to be fired, if it happens four years or more remaining in the uh, contract, he'll earn $7.35 million, so 75% of his contract. If you fast forward that, if he's if he were to be fired after um, after three years, he'll get $5 million, $2.5 if there's two years remaining, and so on. The buyout is... 
five or more years, five million dollars. And then if you go four years left, three years left, two years left, it's four million, three million, two million, and so on. So that's where the contract stands. I mean, that seems pretty routine, especially yeah. with the uh, the amount he's going to be paid two point one million. That sounds about right. I think the numbers would fluctuate depending on the candidate and the job, but the way it's structured is probably pretty standard. If that's what you're asking, uh, again, the numbers do fluctuate from time to time. But I think from the, the other side of that, the way that either escalates in pay or de-escalates in, in years and, and money and buyout and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's that's kind of how it works. Now, I, I mentioned before the break there, there's a number of reasons why I really like um, this hire. And it goes back to you know a couple of things I said last week. I, I do love that he stuck around with Baylor for 19 years. He stuck by his head coach and Scott Drew, and they built a program from what was just in shambles because of what happened. Was it the 2000, right after the 2002 season? I think that's right. And uh, where a player murdered another player. And so there, a new coach comes in, that's Scott Drew. They don't play uh, They don't play like a non-conference schedule that first year. And, um, and they turn that program into what it was, or what it is, I should say. And that is a team that just got bounced in the round of 32 but the previous year, winning the NCAA championship, they went from really the bottom to the top. They won the ultimate prize, and they did it with a great culture. I'm talking a culture where you're not seeing in the transfer portal era a lot of change. You're seeing guys stick around. The reason they're leaving is probably because they're not playing, and they go to a JUCO. I noticed a lot of guys in the past have gone to like Trinity Community College or something like that. Or they're graduating, or they're going to the NBA. Sure, I mean, so you're you're producing NBA talent. You've had a bunch of first team All Big Twelve type of players, first team All Americans. They stick around, and they want to play for this program. They want to play for these coaches. I love that. I think what sticks out to me over the course of time, where they have built this, is is nothing more than player productivity, and I guess development. I remember seeing Jonathan Chamwachachua before he was Everyday John or JTT or whatever you want to call him today, the year before he played. Remember now he was at UNLV and set out, and he was out there working out when I was setting my gear up. And it, it was so impressive that I had trouble finishing setting my gear up. And interestingly to say this, Jerome Tang was the guy working him out. And I could not believe how much they were doing, how fast they were going, and how good he was. I walked over to David Kay, who was their media relations guy, and I said, who is that? And he said, well, it's a transfer student who has to set out this year. It doesn't happen much anymore now, does it? Mm-hmm. But, but, but uh, he, he's from UNLV, and he'll, he'll be ready to go next year. And I said, what's his name? And he giggled. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget this. It's one of my favorite stories to tell. And so I, when he said his name, I said, say it again. And so just that night. You're torturing the guy. I, I phonetically spelled it out because I knew come next year, I better be able to say it. I was that impressed with the kid. And, 
anyway, I guess I'm rambling on that. But, but my point is, is that, that over the course of time, as we said earlier, they have gone from a zone team to a, a man-pressure defensive type team. They really have good quality offensive players with length and athleticism. And, and Coach Tang's, I think, a pretty big part of that is, is one of the main recruiters. Now, I, I wanted to bring up recruiting. That was the other part. After you mentioned development of players, that, that was yeah. a big part of what he's done. And he's done it you know, forever since he showed up. I mean, developing players is obviously what is a big part of that assistant's job and working with them one-on-one if they have to to get them better. You could name players after players after players on who he's had a hand in, in building. Now, I, I do want to mention, though, there's not a ton of specifics out there on exactly how good of a recruiter he's been done, but I, I, I want to give a little attention here to Case Online and, and Derek Young for putting out some content earlier. Uh, it was either yesterday or today about just the kind of um, praise he has received. Talk about Jerome Tang and the praise he's received for being such a good recruiter. Um, nothing but praise is what was talked about from recruiting the Texas area. Uh, he, he's he's got a pipeline in Louisiana Correct. that he's had a big hand in. Florida is a part of that as well, and also the Wichita area. I mean, I I, I got to mention Kendall Brown, who's no doubt about it. Of course, one of the best players in the Big Twelve. Lottery he, pick, a fantastic, fantastic player. He had a huge hand in bringing him out of Bel Air, Kansas. The Wichita area was a Sunrise Christian. Yes, is where he's from. A huge part in recruiting this five-star kid to come to Baylor, but before also yet L.J. Cryer, who Jerome Tang had a big part in recruiting, and let me throw out another five-star that's getting ready to go to Baylor in in Keontae George, who is uh, who has the opportunity to uh, come to Baylor now thanks to uh, Jerome Tang getting in contact with him. They also have another guard that tore up his knee right before the season started who would have probably been a part of this group, uh, Langston Love, who, uh, you, take my word for it, he, he can play. <laughs> so, yeah, they're, they're getting guys there, and it's become very impressive to watch. Um, and, again, I think it's they've done it. it. I guess what I'm impressed with more than anything else is they've – they started with a base of what they wanted to be culture-wise. They've hung with it. They've changed stylistically a little bit through the course of time. But And I think they've gotten not only better players, but more of them through the course of time. And, and of course, that happens with success, right? I mean, it's just, it's just kind of the way it works. But the consistency in developing players and the consistency in winning is – is, is kind of what sticks out to me on the deal. Because you go back to the – you mentioned Louisiana, the Tweety Carters, and some of those kind of guys. They've been pretty salty for a while now. All right, we'll take a break here on Wildcat Insider. When we come back, we'll get to some of those uh, Twitter questions that have to do with Jerome Ting next. Five three seven thirteen fifty. If you want to squeeze in a phone call about K State athletics, we can talk whatever you want. But I would imagine you want to talk Jerome Tang, the new K State men's basketball coach, twenty fifth in K State men's basketball history. I did put the question out there. If you want to fire us a question via the Twitter, uh, you can tweet me at Mitch the Fort. Did get a question earlier today about uh, who Coach Tang plans to hire as assistants. Um, good question. 
I'm sure a lot of names have been thrown out there. Nothing's for sure yet. I haven't really heard anything concrete yet. Uh, But I do have hopes on who I'd like to see, and that's specifically be retained. And that has got to be Shane Southwell. I think that would be a great person to retain a K-State. I mean, K-State guy, first of all, of course. Uh, But his recruiting uh, needs to be praised here because – uh, for what he did in the transfer portal this last year. And, of course, he has ties to New York, which I think would be a, a very profitable profitable area to recruit because we all remember uh, some great names that have c- come out of New York, oh, especially sure. during the Frank Martin era, for sure. Oh, oh, yeah, kind of all started there. But, you know, Shane was part of that. Jordan Enriquez was part of that. Jamar was part of that. I mean, there were a lot of guys that, that came here. And, and you know what I like back more than anything looking back on that now? Think about just that group of kids and how much they love K-State today. Absolutely. I mean, if you think about it just in those terms, it tells you everything you need to know. And, and you know, Shane, uh, Shane is a terrific young man. I think he's, he's growing into being a really, really fine coach. I think someday he'll even be a really fine head coach. I don't know what's going to happen moving forward. Uh, I, I don't know what Coach Tang's thoughts are on assistant coaches yet. We'll see how that plays out. But, um, yeah, Shane's one of the good guys now. I, I'm just saying he he's, uh, he's a really, really good person. Now, as far as I understand, every assistant has a, has one year left on their contract, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I th- I, you know that I, I don't know that for sure. I would hate to say the yeah. answer to that is yes but because I, I don't know that. Um, we'll do some checking. I'll get back to you on that one. How's There's that? a lot of questions to be answered. It, the, <laughs> the, the the press conference is Thursday. We don't know exactly what time yet. We're right. thinking late Thursday morning, uh, but we're not for sure. That I mean, I think we're going to get it. Maybe not assistance question. Maybe not that answered yet, but um, some questions will be answered for sure. I'm really looking forward to hearing Jerome Tang talk in person. However, I do want to play this before we take our last break, and that is um, Coach Tang. Uh, this tweet or this uh, video was tweeted out about 30 minutes ago from the K-State students section. That's at K-State students, and it got me fired up. K-State student body, this is your men's basketball coach. Uh, I remember coming into your arena, just you guys packed in there, loud and vicious. I was terrified to walk across the court, so I need all you screaming students Every single one of you that used to yell at me, come join me. Let's cheer together. Make the octagon a place of doom. The toughest environment in college basketball, best home court advantage in America. We're going to do it together. I mean, there is only one way I could retweet that, and that was the only thing I could do is just retweet a gif of somebody running through a brick wall. It got me fired up. It really did. I love his energy. Well, the the I I chuckled at the vicious because you know what it. I've had many people say when Bramlage is rocking, it's every bit as good as any place in the country, and I believe that to be so. And I think he feels like he can get that, you know, happening on a consistent basis now. Um, and, and let's let's hope and cheer that he can, he can do that. Charles, hang on for just a moment. We're going to take our last break. We'll finish with you up next on Wildcat Insider. All right, for the final time, welcome back to Wildcat Insider. If you're just joining us, you may have heard earlier this afternoon, Drum Tank, 
Baylor associate head coach becomes the 25th head coach in K-State men's basketball history. 537-1350, let's go to Charles from Wamiga. What's up, Charles? Hey, Mitch. Hey, Wyatt. What's up, buddy? I love this hire. I really do, especially since you said he was on the defensive side there. Uh, you think about the change they made about three years ago, going from almost all zone to man-to-man. Yep. And they did that because they had two great defensive guards in in Mitchell and Butler. Correct. And, you know, the other thing about Baylor, too, is they have done it with about every type of player imaginable there. They've done it with Epe Udo, a high transfer from Michigan. Adam Flagler, a low transfer from uh, Presbyterian. Uh, five years ago when they had a really good team, Jonathan Motley was a redshirt freshman who was a, uh, around 150 when he was rec- recruited. Uh, you know, and then they've, uh, they've had like three top-notch recruits in Isaiah Austin, Perry Jones III, and Kenyatta George, who they're bringing in next year. Uh, and, you know, when I, when I think about him being on Tang being a defensive guy, I remember what Matthew Mayer was like two or three years ago on defense. Right. He wasn't good at all. This year, he's a guy who lost a shot. And you watch him. He has improved so much defensively that he was able to play despite not shooting well this year. And so he, he they've done it there with all different levels of talent, transfers. And so he knows what it takes. He can use whatever they can get in here. You know, he's used to making it work. And so I think it's a really good fit here because that's what we're going to have to do here. We're going to have to make it work with you know, whatever we can get in, you know, top 150 kids, transfers. And, uh, you know, that's what he's used to working with is is whatever they felt was best down there. And so I assume that's what's going to happen here. I think what you said is terrific, uh, as always. You've done your homework. And I, I would add, too, that like everybody else, I, I think he will do well in the transfer portal. It's such a big part of the game now. Um, it, I, I look for him to, to hit that hard frequently. Um, I don't know. How do you see that? Are, are you in agreement with that? Well, I don't really know. You know, of course, his, his first job is to, uh, you know, keep Nigel and some of the other guys here. Absolutely. And then he'll know more what he needs to go out there and do in the transfer portal. Sure. Portal. Yeah. Uh, you know, the the transfer portal has just totally changed basketball. I mean, we don't have to look any further than Ames for the past year. Or I Texas mean, or Iowa Tech. State was atrocious. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, it just, uh, you know, it's a whole different game. Uh, you know, that's, that's the first thing he's got to figure out, you know, of the uh, whatever it is, 10 guys, uh, what, you know, who, who you know, who he – definitely wants to be here and uh you know exactly what what his own style is going to be because his style is going to be different than what what scott drew did you know offensively and defensively there's going to be some differences but uh you know i i think that's the one one big thing i mean he won they won down there with both zone and then when they got the great guards up front they won with man and uh that you know they were able to play to the strengths of their talent yeah I really appreciate what you say because I do think <clears throat> they've had some really good wing players, frontline guys that are really solid, maybe even better than solid defensively. But for me, it start. I mean, 
I've been covering this league for 20 years, and I don't think I'm overstating this in any way, shape, or form. I think Davion Mitchell, I, I know some other guys get a lot of a lot of pub, but I think Davion Mitchell is as good a guarding guard as I've seen in this league in 20 years. He, he was. I mean, uh, Marcus Garrett was great at KU, too. Sure right? he was. I mean, that, yeah. That's what the and whole, Javon Carter. Know, I mean, there have been several. No question about it. Jared Butler, people forget, Jared Butler was pretty good defensively, too. It's just that he was their best offensive yeah. player, so people didn't realize how <laughs> good correct. he was defensively. Yeah. Yeah. And Absolutely. the other thing is, too, uh, last year and uh, two years ago, I think those were probably about the two shortest Baylor teams that they've had. Uh, you know, when we think of Baylor, we always think about tall, lanky, and long guys. Mm-hmm. Well, last year they were playing Mark Vidal at the four. Correct. And that's not tall, and they were pretty pretty short the year before. So, uh, you know, the majority of their success has been with tall, lanky guys, but a year ago and two years ago, man, it was with a couple of short teams. And so, you know, it's just uh, – I think it's a real good fit. I really do. I, I, uh, I like it a lot. I'm with you. I think that's well said, Charles. Great to hear from you, too, Pre- by the way. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. Thank you, Love Charles. You just a couple more thoughts you know just one thing that popped in my mind you know speaking of the transfer portal obviously where we need to see a big improvement is downstairs at the five and how quickly that can be turned around how quickly can that develop sure if Davion Bradford you know if he does stick around for another year can he grow under this now regime of of Tang and teach him a few things along with whoever he brings in about developing his game. Plus, in the transfer portal, I'm sorry, but you can't go and get guys, you know, that average two points or three points from UTEP. I mean, that that's just not the way to compete in the transfer portal. And hopefully, he will have the uh, the mindset and the readiness to go compete for guys in the transfer portal that are you know top of the game when it comes to the transfer portal. Just real quick, I know we're up against it here, but I think Charles made a good point. Let's see about the guys that are here first. Do they want to be here? Do they not? That's going to be a big key, and then you move forward from there. I don't know. Uh, according to uh, Marquise Noel's uh, Instagram account, he's liking what he sees. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Getting you closer to the locker room than anyone else. This is Wildcat Insider. Wildcat Insider, an exclusive presentation of the flagship station of the K-State Sports Network. News Radio 1350, KMAN.